0: In the next few moments, as we study the Word of God together, a miracle is going to take place. God's going to do what He said He's going to do. He's going to cause faith to come, faith to rise, faith to mature, faith to produce fruit in our lives, so that we're prepared for this week. We're going to go into this week, and we're going to, no matter what spirit comes against us, we're going to go in this week with victory. We're going to go forward in victory. Amen. Amen? Amen because it's not the spirit of Pharaoh and it's not the spirit of Saul and it's not the spirit of Absalom and it's not the spirit of Goliath and it's not the spirit of Jezebel and it's not the spirit of Herod or the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar or any other spirit that is the most powerful spirit because the most powerful spirit is the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! And we have the Holy Spirit made available not only to us but for He wants to dwell in us and flow through us, praise God. I, I believe something is about to come to the body of Christ like never before. I believe the Spirit of God has been saying, as He's been stirring my spirit, that that we are going to. Uh, we need a spirit of expectation, if I could say it that way. Uh, things maybe in us has become dormant. Things that have been kind of asleep. There's an alarm clock that is ringing in the spirit realm, and this alarm clock clock is saying that there is time for an awakening of faith, an awakening of faith. I pray that you would hear it this morning. If you didn't, I'm the one, like in our house, you know, I think Morgan sets her alarm clock and Caleb sets his alarm clock and Townsend sets his alarm clock and then we have our alarm clock. And if one of them, you know, if one of them forgets to set their alarm clock or they'll say, well, the other one will take care of it. They'll, they'll wake me up and uh, and it usually all works out. Well, if you don't have your alarm clock set, I have my alarm clock set. And there is an awakening of faith. So I'm running to you. As, as uh, let's say, Morgan, uh, her alarm clock goes off and Townsend maybe he didn't set his and Caleb didn't set his. Well, then instead of Townsend waking them up, you know, Morgan goes in and says, look, guys, we got to go in 30 minutes or whatever. She's waking them up and they all make their destination because one heard the alarm. Well, I'm here to tell you, I hear the alarm and I want to wake you up. I want to knock on the door of your life and say, wake up, wake up. That God is saying that there is coming a god Miracles are coming. God sized things are coming. They're going to begin to happen in our life. And, and it's going to not only come into uh, America and not only come into uh, the third world countries, but it's coming to you, into your home, into your life. And I hear the Lord is saying that, that the God of the Bible is going to be the God of your life. And the miracles of the Bible are going to be the miracles of your testimony. And, it's, and He's going to become relevant to your culture. He's going to become relevant to your family. He's going to become relevant to your uh, sphere of influence because he's going to do great and mighty things in and through us. Wake up, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Wake up. Let there be an awakening of faith. Things that never happened before are going to begin to happen in your life. Things you've read about and thought wow those days are past the Lord is saying those days are not past he says I'm a God that goes from glory to glory and favor to favor and faith to faith and love to love power to power he said, I want to do greater and mightier things in and through your life he wants this book not to just be a book you study not just a book that is just held of fact, but he wants this to be the life giving book that he created it to be in your life that it's not enough just to know the word of God God, but we got to know the God of the Word. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to show myself. He said, if you find a promise in here, he said, I want you to, to, to take it and I want you to confess it from a heart that believes it, and you're going to see it. He said, this is going to be a week of testimonies. He said, this is going to be a week of miracles. This is going to be a week of breakthrough. Anybody seen some buildup in your life? Anybody been waiting and waiting and waiting in your life? You're like the daddy waiting to wait for room and waiting for the baby to be born. Well, the nurse is about to walk through the door and say, come on back, dad. It is about to happen right now. In moment, hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God for his promises. See, this this Bible introduces us to the person of the Word, Jesus Christ Himself, who in the beginning is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word came and dwelt among us. But when Jesus left... As he ascended after his resurrection, he says, "I. It behooves you. It is so important for you that I go because I'm going to send my Spirit, and my Spirit is going to not only be with you but dwell in you. Is going to do the work of miracles through you." He says, "You need the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, and uh, so you and I have received the Holy Spirit. We, on the day of Pentecost, on that great feast, Pentecost." The Spirit of God came in the upper room as a mighty rushing wind, and tongues as a fire set upon each of them, and they began to preach. Peter got up and preached the Word of God as they're speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Let me tell you, the church was birthed on that day. 3,000 were saved, and the church has been growing ever since. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you what, there's no plan of hell that's going to uh, be victorious over. For you. You you just look at it right now. You've been thinking, the devil's been telling you this is going to be lost. You're going to lose your health. You're going to lose your relationship. You're going to lose your wealth. You're going to lose your peace. You're going to lose your joy. You're going to lose your victory. The devil is a liar. I'm here to tell you. The devil is a liar. Call him out for who he is. May this be the truth that God God before me who can be against me that I'm more than an overcomer more than a conqueror in and through Christ Jesus the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me to quicken my mortal body I have healing and health I have Holy Ghost power I have anointing I have heaven on earth available to me Hallelujah! we've got to keep the devil out of our business rather than letting him our business. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to erode your faith. You, anybody here been believing for something and, and maybe it's been a little longer in the making than you thought it was going to be and you, the devil's trying to steal your faith? Anybody? Anybody? The devil's trying to steal your faith? Well, I'm here to come against that lie with the truth of God's word. I'm on assignment by God today to tell you what thus saith the Lord, not what this is what the devil is saying. Hallelujah. Our faith is so important to us. That's why the devil focuses on it. The enemy is trying to kill your faith. He is trying to destroy your faith. We must ever be busy about working our faith, working on our faith, and building up our faith. Amen? I think you need to just turn to the person that you admire sitting next to you and say, My faith is working, and I'm working my faith. Just say, My faith. Now turn to that person that you just tolerate and tell them, my faith is working and I'm working my faith. You better be careful. You better be careful of that one. Hallelujah. Yes. I grew up in a home that when the authorities that be said, now, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. They're really driving home a point. And if they put right yes. in front of now, You better be supernatural in your flight to them. If my mom said, Timothy, Craig, Lambert, come here right now. Man, faster than any timing I've ever gotten on track. I would get there because I knew it was now. I mean, I've got to be there right now. Well, everybody needs to say here this morning, my faith is working right now. I'm gonna get it away. Wake it up. Wake it up. My faith is working right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. We're not waiting for Wednesday. We're not gonna wait until Friday. Right now. Because Hebrews 11 and 1 says, "Now faith." Not just faith, now faith, not just theological faith, not just some religious faith, not just some philosophical faith, but right now. Now faith is the substance of things, hoped for, and the evidence of things not yet seen. If that which has not yet been seen, you want it to be evidence, you need a now faith. And you feel like a southerner, you can do a right now faith, a right now faith. I'm not letting the devil have any opportunity to talk me out of it. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let the time frame cause me to lose faith. I'm going to step it up right now. Right now. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to exercise faith. And it will bring into evidence that which is not yet seen. And it says "For by this faith, this now faith, The elders obtained a good testimony. I declare over you right now that by this time, next Sunday, you will come in here with a testimony. A good testimony. A testimony of the miracle manifest of God. A testimony of promotion. A testimony of deliverance. A testimony of healing. A testimony of increase. A testimony of open doors. A testimony. I declare right now, by now, faith that you too will obtain a good faith that Noah, being divinely born of, of the things that were not yet seen, he moved in godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. I pray right now, because of your now faith, you're going to move on what God is showing you. You're going to move on what God is saying to you. You're going to move on it, and it's going to bring so -so. It's going to bring healing and deliverance and promotion and provision. And the knitting together of anything that's been torn apart is going to bring it to your household. Your household! God wants it to happen for you in your household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you know the... To believe is the greatest power there is in the world. The power to believe. See, the power to believe is greater than military money. The power to believe is greater than economic powers. Is greater than governmental powers. Is greater than sociological powers. Is greater than psychological powers. It's greater, greater than demonic powers. The power to believe. The power to believe. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you can believe, what? All things. All things. Eating? What is the thing you're waiting for? What is the thing you've been praying for? What is the thing you've been sowing for? What is the thing you've been confessing over? What is the thing you've been believing for? What is the thing? What are all things? If it falls under a thing, all things are possible to him. That's how he works He's against our faith Because our faith Is so amazing Our faith, that now faith Can take that which you hope for Which has no evidence and it becomes Evidence, it becomes a testimony Our faith Our faith is not like any other faith when our faith is rooted in the truth and the reality of who God is, what God says, what God has done, what God has promised, what God has revealed in and through His Word. Let me tell you what, when you, our faith is, is unlike any other faith in the world. Our faith in God, in His Word, is transparent, is transcendent, is transformational. Our faith... Our faith teaches us that it, it helps us to cross over the obstacles that the devil sends against us. Our faith causes us to shout down walls. You don't let walls wall you in. You shout them down as they get around the walls of Jericho. Our faith causes us to break out of crowds. Our faith causes us to walk on water even in the, during a storm. That's our faith. Our faith. It enables us to survive the fires of life. Our faith. Our faith enables us to overcome the den of lions. That's our faith. Our faith. It helps us to silence the serpents and outwit the foxes that try to spoil the vine. Our faith. Our faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. In His person and work. Our faith. Our faith empowers us to see the invisible, embrace the impossible, and hope for the incredible. That's our faith. Our faith is ultimately exercised. Our faith finds its expression in and through speech. In and through speech, our words. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe, believe, believe the power to believe. To believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be sozo. That's the Greek word sozo, which means healed, delivered, set free, uh, 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 prospered, knit back together. If something's broken; it's knit back together, sewn back together, made whole. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Sounds like righteousness is important, right? Because we confess from the abundance of the heart the mouth confesses. So it sounds like the heart's got to get things right so that the tongue can get things right. And if the heart is right, which then gives expression to the tongue, that which is right comes out and sets that which is wrong right. Does that make sense? If the heart is right, and believing, the believing that God's raised him from the dead, believing that what Jesus said he would do, he's going to do, believing that Jesus Christ, the resurrection power, is available to you, believing. Then set your heart right, put you in right relationship with God, right flow for his spirit and his power to flow through you. Now all you got to do is release it with your mouth and it brings the righteousness of that which is right into the wrong situation and makes that which is wrong become right. Amen. Hallelujah. Accordingly, it is not the coincidence that the first time in the universe that it hears the words of God's voice uttered. It was was not let there be joy, let there be peace, or let there be love. The voice of the sovereign, the voice of the divine, the voice of the glorious one uttered the following what? Let there be light. Let there be light, Genesis 1 and 3 come on now that was the first thing that the universe heard let there be light why? because God is always turning the lights on life requires light faith requires light we require light and God wants to use me today I'm here under assignment to turn the light on concerning your righteousness I am wanting to teach you for these moments here, uh, a beginning of maybe a series of messages as the Lord leads on your covenant of righteousness, because it begins right there, 2nd Corinthians 5 and 20. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ as through as though God were pleading through us. He said this is God's plan. This is what God set it up. He says here in the New Testament, I have established you as ambassadors from my embassy. Here, you're an ambassador. And the way I work is I plead through you. I flow through you. I work through you. I do miracles through you. I do healings through you. I do deliverance through you. I bring joy and and peace and and, and all that God has for mankind through you. I use you as servants. He says, so uh, as the Lord pleading through us, we implore you. In other words, in order for you to be that channel that God can use to flow through you, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The flow of heaven can't reach the earth through you unless you're reconciled to God. The question you should ask this morning is, am I reconciled to God? His word is imploring, is pleading with me. Get it right here. Get it right. Be reconciled to God. How? Well, he tells us. He says, for he, God, made him, who Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. He stepped in. He became the sacrifice. He became the one that paid the debt. He became the one that took, or was rightfully that should have come on us as far as punishment, he took it upon himself. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. He's imploring us. He's pleading with us. He said, I want you to come be reconciled to God through what Christ has done for you so that now you can become the righteousness of God in him. You can't become the righteousness of God in yourself. Your deeds, your acts, your gifts, your not doing something or doing something is not what's going to make you the righteousness of God. It has to be in the reconciled relationship with God in and through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves. 1 John 3 and 10, he said, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. What's he saying here? He's saying righteousness flows out of relationship. So you're not going to be the righteousness of God outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, the litmus test that that is genuine is your love that is expressed for your fellow brother or sister. Because how is it that you can say you love God whom you can't see and you refuse to love your brother or your sister whom you can see. He says, it is impossible. So God has made this cross relationship, this horizontal vertical relationship key to everything. That we were reconciled to God in the vertical and then that, to show that it is genuine and true and not just hypocrisy, it will be proven under fire in your relationships with your fellow man. Have you ever had a challenge with a brother or sister in the Lord? Amen. Away with this thought. Oh, I thought we were all Christians. We we're all like, like a bunch of angels. You remember a third of the angels turned against God and became demons. That's not a good comparison. Here on this earth, we have, a, we have an opportunity to be to have our faith genuinely tested. We've got this little thing. I have a special drawer uh, 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 set aside for batteries. You know, 21st century, you've got to have batteries. Amen. Batteries for remotes and batteries for toys and batteries for this and batteries for my lapel mic and just brought in another big package of AA batteries for this. Uh, And very important. But I got this little device called a battery tester. And there were two batteries. Somebody, let me look at all my kids. There's one, there's one. Where's Lauren? I need to look at her. She's in class. Okay. Uh, One, maybe it was mom. I don't know. Somebody (laughs) (laughs) left plenty of triple A batteries in there. Who uses triple A, But every blue moon. Yeah, okay. Bless you. Bless her. <laughs> Bless her, Lord. Bless her. Nine volt batteries. Drawer full. Size C, big old mamas. D, big old daddies. Drawer full. I needed double A. There was an empty packet. Empty. They didn't even throw it away and I reached it and, there would, and I, so then I'm digging and somebody had scrambled some stuff you know what wasn't me <laughs> and they found two double A's all in the scrambling of things and I put them in my frother. I got a frother. I take half and half and I froth it up and add coffee to it and I got me gourmet at all okay my frother was going it wouldn't froth it I needed my double A's and I've got my coffee hot. I've got my half and half hot. It's ready to froth. And I need something to go more than So I said, oh, praise God. God, you provided. And God's laughing. He knew. And I take them and I stick them in the frother and throw away the other ones down in the trash, in the coffee grounds and all that stuff. And, and that one goes. So I'm like, wait a minute. These supposed to be new. So I go get my tester out. And it says, no juice, no juice, no juice. So I had to dig the half-dead ones out of the coffee grounds and clean them to get my half juice. But I got a case. Don't leave my batteries alone. I got a case in there now, I guarantee you. Okay. So where in the world was I going for that? Well, we're testing to see if there was any power in the battery. There's a test on this world to see if you really are a man or woman of faith who really believes. And that is in our expression and our love, our genuine love and our forgiveness and all that it takes one towards another. Jesus even says we're to even bless those who curse us and we're to pour out a, you know, favor on those who are trying to misuse us and abuse us. The Bible tells us that in doing that, it's not for them. It's like dumping hot coals on their heads when you do good to those who are despitefully trying to use you. So it's not for them. It's for you. It's you, your, your, your faith is being tested to see if it's got any juice or not. Come on now. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, You are in Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption That is, is written, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So when you pass the test, you can't take credit for yourself you got to say, the miracle is truly taking place. I believe. I've studied the Word. I have read the Word. I've sat under the preaching of the Word. And the Word, I hear the Word, and the Word calls this faith to come. And my faith is maturing. And now, here is the manifest of my faith, and I'm passing these tests, but I can't glory in it. Because any of this righteousness and sanctification and redemption it has come from Jesus. My relationship with Him. My reconciliation with God. So I've got to give God the glory. So let me tell you what. Let your life be lived in full measure faith. And let me tell you what. It will bring glory to God. It will bring glory to God. That's why he says in First Philippians 1 and 9. He says that this I pray that your love may abound still more and more. in knowledge and in all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. See, when we uh, uh, commit ourselves to say, I'm going to be reconciled to God, I'm coming to God His way, I'm going to not live uh, separated from Him, but I'm going to take advantage of His redemptive plan, He says, now we're uh, we're going to live in such a way that we don't take offense, and that we're going to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you had your mom or daddy ever tell you, you need to eat your fruit and vegetables? You need to eat more fruit and vegetables. Oh, we like the gummy bears and their fruit flavor. That don't count. Okay. Well, I like fruit loops, does that count? No, that don't count. You need your fruit and vegetables because fruit is good for you. It is healthy for you. And here we can be filled with the fruits of righteousness Uh, Which are given to us by Christ Jesus. And when we do, the manifest of what comes out of that brings glory and praise to God. Hallelujah. So what we have to understand is our covenant of righteousness that we have with God. Because as we understand this covenant... We are going to make ourselves available by faith to receive the fruits of righteousness, which are going to bring praise and glory to God. And I bet if I asked you, do you want your life to bring praise and glory to God? Every one of you would raise your hand, wouldn't you? (laughs) Amen. So we need to make sure we have an understanding of our covenant of righteousness. Righteousness. Because our covenant of righteousness is so key. Now, what was the first thing God said to Jesus in an audible, audible voice? Remember Mark 11, one 11, Jesus uh, being baptized by John the Baptist and, and Father God says, uh, this is my beloved son whom in whom you, in you I'm well pleased. He says that to about him. Jesus didn't do anything until he first heard and understood this. You don't see Jesus ever performing a miracle, but he's led up out of this into ministry from this day forth. His he was in right relationship with His Heavenly Father. When you're in right relationship with your Heavenly Father, then everything of the will of the Father is open to flow in and through you. So, so so, let's break down some of the words to understand this right relationship or this righteousness that God keeps using. And this righteousness means right relationship with God. Right relationship with God. And this can only happen through total faith and dependence upon Christ. It's not something you can do. You can't earn this position, you can't pay for this position. This is a faith position that God has granted to us in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Romans 11 and 6, it says, and, and if by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So righteousness is a, is, is a grace gift from God to us. Of bringing us back into right relationship or reconciliation, and uh, and it brings us to the place where we're deemed absolutely holy in His sight. And holiness means right living for God. So when you think or trust that your right living puts you in right relationship, then you reject what Jesus did for you, and you trample underfoot His blood and His work. Did you get that? If you buy the lie, and the devil will try to give you this lie. Where you trust that your right living puts you in right relationship, then you trample underfoot the blood of Jesus. Somebody said, that sets me free. Because how's your right living going for you? Okay? How many of you, since the day you got saved in your own strength, have done everything perfect? And if you raise your hand, I'm going to come slap you. (laughs) Because that means you're not listening. Because you know, if you heard me right, you'd be like, no way. You know I've never come slap you. I just wave over your head. I wouldn't even do that. Your right living cannot put you in right relationship. Galatians 2.21 For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And we know Christ didn't die in vain. And we don't want to live our lives as though he died in vain. So if you are living right to be right... You'll be frustrated the rest of your life. Ask the person next to you, are you frustrated? <laughs> are you frustrated? Because if they're frustrated, it might be that they're trying to live right to be right. Because and they're frustrated because they're constantly feeling they're, that they're falling short. And the accuser of the brethren, Satan, is sure to tell you and point it out. You ever met somebody that always points out the negative? Just go ahead and call them the devil. <laughs> You know, they, they really don't realize it, but the devil's using them. Everything in the room could be 99.9% perfect. They got to come in and point out that one little thing that's wrong. And they say, oh, it's just perfectionism. I say it's the accuser of the brethren. Yes. Get over it. Just get over it. <laughs> Amen. Because let me tell you what. And, and I know I used to be like that. I used to be like I didn't realize the devil was using me. And I'd be a wet blanket on something, and 99.9% of it perfect, going right, and I just got to come in and I got to speak in a negative tone over the one little thing that's out. What I say is shut your mouth and go put it in order yourself. Yes. You know, just go in yeah. some yeah. pictures <laughs> crooked in the whole art museum. Just go and straighten it up yourself. Don't go call the curator and point it out and make a big deal of it, okay? So, so that freed somebody up right there. Amen. <laughs> You can't base your life on what you do. You've got to, <laughs> to base your life on what Jesus did for you. Amen. Amen. Amen? You must base your life on what He has declared about you. That's the faith walk. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, Awake to righteousness and what? You've been over here trying to sin not so that you can be righteous. And God says you got it backwards. Sounds like you're listening to the devil. He's trying to make you do it backwards. What you need to do is await to righteousness. And because you do that, it will position you to where you don't want to sin. You don't want to live in a way and do things that dishonor God and dishonor his plan for your life. When you understand your covenant of righteousness, then the result will be you don't want to sin. You know, there's people saying, well, I I gave my heart and life to Jesus. I believe once saved, always saved, eternal security. Now i can do anything I want and it's okay. And and I'm here to tell you, you, you can say that, but that's not the word of God. The word of God is there is a testimony. There is a, there is a fruitfulness. There is a, there is a manifest of a genuine relationship reconciled with God. And it's not somebody saying, I've got my ticket to heaven and I'm going to live like hell until it's time to go to heaven. That's not it. That's not New Testament. That's not, that's not, that's incorrect theology. What the Word of God teaches is that you can't make yourself righteous, so don't work at being right in order to be righteous because that will never work. But don't give up on righteousness. Because I provided it supernaturally in and through my son Jesus Christ. And when you are reconciled through Him to the Father and you're genuinely reconciled and your faith genuinely understands all of this, then you're not going to want to dishonor God. You're not going to want to live in a way that displeases Him. You're going to not want to sin. Somebody say amen now. Amen. I said sin that, that, you know, we're in a church we're not out in the public square You know, where we get booed we're in church we're like amen sin's a problem sin is a real problem so right relationship precedes right living and, and until you get this you won't experience the free flow of healing and prosperity and favor of God and, and enjoy all the benefits of, of the life of faith to its fullest because you're not plugged in correctly it's like if you broke your leg and you are a postman and you walk door to door delivering the mail and you provide for your family but you broke your leg, until you get your leg set and healed, you're not able to go back and provide for your family. So what, what God does in and through His Son Jesus Christ is He come and took your brokenness, he, he let the world break Him, He let our sin break Him on the cross. So that a divine transfer could take place, a miracle, to where he could put a healed bone. You don't have to go through the process. He can can supernaturally mend the bone that was broken back together. And you can't even find where it was ever broken so that you can now walk right to provide for your family. So we've got to learn. It's through the miracle. It's through the miracle that we're able to live a holy life. It's through the miracle of righteousness that we're able to to fulfill the purpose and the destiny of which God has called us. It's through the miracle of righteousness that we can take hold and appropriate our healing and our deliverance and our our provision and all that God has supernaturally promised. Every promise in the Word is ours in Christ. Yes and amen amen to those who are righteous. Not righteous by your own right doing, but righteous by your faith that you place in your the provision of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Romans 11 to 6 says, If the root be holy, so are the branches. See, the root of your Christianity is your right relationship with God. The root of your Christianity is your right relationship with God. And the fruit of your Christianity is your right living for God. So you've got to be rooted before you can give fruit, right? Yes. You've got to get rooted and get mature to give fruit. So the root has to be preceded the fruit. And your root's not holy. Uh, if the root's not holy, then the branch can't be holy. So you've got to get rooted in righteousness. Awake to righteousness and you will not sin, the Bible says. So we have to know our covenant of righteousness with God. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. To what? To declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Jesus did what He did. To declare righteousness, to declare you righteous, to declare you as that's why we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What He did is what brings forth our righteousness when He declares it over us. He took the bad root out, for the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. He took the bad root out and He put good root in our spiritual lives. Hallelujah. So Romans 5:17 says, "For if by one man's offense, uh, death re- reigned by one; much more, somebody say, much more. much more. We have a better covenant; much more, it's a better covenant. Build on better blood. Build on better promises." Hebrews tells us, "It's much more. It's much more. Come on, it's much more. If by the man's offense, death reigned, if what Adam did uh, calls all this sin, he says it's bad." And as big a scope as that was, there's what God did is better. What God did is bigger. What God did is more powerful. What God did is more effective. we got to get this. We've got to tap into this. We're living as though the enemy nature is the dominant force. I'm here to turn you to the Holy Ghost power. It's the dominant force. It's not the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. It's not the spirit of Herod. It's not the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit of So in three minutes, we're going to learn how to receive it. Yeah, all right. And then just keep digging into this as the Lord leaves. Because I've got, I've probably got 15 or 20 benefits that come to you automatically while you sleep. Automatically while you sleep, they come to you when you get this. And I'm going to talk about those next Sunday, the Lord willing, of some of the benefits. That while you're sleeping, I'm going to prove it to you from the scripture. That while you're sleeping, these miracles, these manifests of heaven, you wake up to them. You don't have to go to bed to them. You wake up to them. Hallelujah. While you're sleeping, God said, just so you'll know, it wasn't your effort that did, this that did was supernatural and divine. And I get all the glory and praise. I'm going to do it while you sleep. You're going to wake up to miracles. Can you imagine that? Waking up the miracles every day. Miracles that will bring forth the testimony to your family, and testimony to the world around you. Hallelujah. I'm going to show it to you right in the scripture. Okay. But we need to know how to receive this gift of righteousness. Romans 10 and 9 it points it out so clearly. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Amen. we got to believe. we got to believe. And if you have to pray the prayer that the father prayed over his child, when he told Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I believe and I want to keep believing and I want to build on my believing and there's some fight against my believing it's unbelief and I want to get rid of the unbelief, so help my unbelief. Help me get rid of that so that I can believe with everything that I am. That needs to be your prayer. That needs to be your focus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, if you think, he said, you know, the world is going after houses and clothes and land and, and, and uh, all this stuff and food. He says, that's the world. And he says, I understand. He said, the Father knows. He knows you have need of these. It's not that God doesn't want you to have stuff. He says, but you've got to get your focus off your stuff, and you've got to get your focus on what? First seeking my kingdom and what? Righteousness. You've got to let righteousness be right there, number one, numero uno. And when it's numero uno, then you go to sleep and you wake up and stuff has been added to you. You go to sleep and wake up, and healing is manifest. You go to sleep with a pain in the knee and wake up with no pain in the knee, and a miracle took place. You go to sleep with a pain in the artery and you wake up and that problem in the arteries healed. You wake up with a, high with a high blood sugar, and you wake up and your blood sugar is normal. You go to bed with a high blood pressure you wake up and your blood pressure is normal. You go to bed with only two, day, two days to live and you wake up with 20 more years to live. Do you hear what I'm saying? You go to bed and there was no way you could get through this financial problem but you wake up you've got to start trimming away the unbelief. You've got to say, God help me learn where to trim the fat." I've got to get rid of this unbelief. I've got to tighten up. i got to toughen up. i got to muscle up. i got to strengthen up my, my believing, My believing is where i got to work on. It's got to be first. It's got to be foremost. Hallelujah. Yes, believing in your heart results in right standing with Hallelujah. God. Amazing. God, I, I remember it reading church history and some of the things, the monastic movement that happened, where some that had lived such treacherous lives now want to make things right between them and God, and now they want to commit the rest of their life to serve God. Now, all that's good, but they felt like they had to pay for their sins, and there's one in particular, he stripped down naked and went into the swamps, and there to be eaten by insects and bugs and the environment. I forget exactly how long he stayed out there fasting and and there with all of the elements coming against him. And he felt like he deserved that. If I could move back in time, I would tell him, that's not enough. That's not enough. I would tell him, you need to be rejected of men. You need to be cursed. You need to be blindfolded and beaten to the point of death. You need a crown of thorns placed upon your brow and ripping open your scalp. You need to be tied to a post that it would tie an animal to and to take a cat of nine tails with stone and glass and bone and rip the very flesh off of your being. And then you need to carry an old wooden post and you need to carry it up a hill being spit upon and laughed and mocked. And then you need to lay out your hands and be nailed and lay out your feet and be nailed and you need to be hung on that cross and you need to be ridiculed and rejected and you need to do all of that without sin and if you can do all that And you will eventually look at Christianity as something you avoid, you run from, because you're always a failure there. You can never get it right there. You are pathetic when it comes to Christianity. That's the lie of the devil. Whereas God says, I need not your sacrifices, and not your service, and not your good gifts. I need your heart. Come on. Yes. I need you to believe yes. of my goodness, and my grace, and my mercy, and my provision for you in giving my son Jesus Christ. Amen. Galatians 15, 6 says, and he, Abram, believed God. He believed in God. believed in the Lord. And what did God do? Accounted it to him for righteousness. When you believe in your heart, your faith will turn the light on your covenant of righteousness. And believe you me, then you begin to appropriate, take hold of bring into your life everything that Jesus provides for you. You've been struggling trying to get a hold of your healing. You've been struggling trying to get a hold of provision. You've been struggling trying to get a hold of peace. You've been struggling trying to get a hold of deliverance. You've been struggling and struggling and struggling. Let me tell you what. When When you... believe in your heart and your faith turns the light on your covenant of righteousness and now you understand whose you are, who you are, in whom you reside and who has provided for you. A giant rises up, a giant of faith and it starts embracing the promises of God. Yes, Yes. amen. Yes, Yes. Amen. amen. And the devil say, you didn't deserve it. You're right. That's right. You're right. <laughs> this ain't about me. This That's is about right. Christ. Hallelujah. This is about Christ in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get me behind me. Amen. 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 You'll have a righteousness conscience instead of a sin conscience. Amen. Too many Christians live with a sin conscience. Amen. And when you live with a sin conscience, it's a yo-yo. Yeah. And it ends up being resentment. Towards God, towards the church, towards the church's authority, towards the Word of God, towards this authority, towards the Holy Spirit, because He's authority. A righteousness conscience boldly says, Yes, I have sinned, but God has forgiven me, and He has delivered me from its power by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. But a sin conscience is afraid, it's reserved, it never acts boldly. And it's always conscious of the sin that it's committed. Or maybe yet to commit. I grew up in a church that says we sin every day and we're at Dalton to Get over it. And I'd be out on the front porch as kids. Because it was one of the uh, uh, ushers or breeders that handed out bulletins. Mr. So-and-so, I won't call his name. Because this is being filmed. But he used to give candy. pop full of candy. We give it to kids. Always gathering around him. He looked a lot like you bro, Johnny. You, know, you guys could have been brothers. He had a big pocket of candy. We always went to his door. And he was the only one of all the ushers out there that the door from the side and the front that wasn't smoking. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then they had the bell would ring, it's time to start service, and they'd all put their cigarettes out, and we'd go in, and uh, this was the kid's influence he had. And we'd go in there, and Dr. So-and-so would say, well, we sit every work Dalton D. You know, let's just try to do a little better. Just try to do a little better. But you're eternally forgiven, so it doesn't really matter. Don't worry about that. Let's just go forward. Everything's good. Let's just try to do better. And we had this sin conference. And I thought when they baptized me as a teenager at 13, that that water was going to wash all my sins away, and I'd get a brand new start. I had a sin conference. I didn't like the sin in my life. And I got baptized, and I say it was an amazing opportunity. And when I came out, I, I really felt like, man, I've got a brand new start. But by sundown, I had thought something I knew God wouldn't please with. And I said, oh, my goodness, I've already got a mark on my record. My white record has now got a mark on it. And I went there, that night to take a bath because in the old days where we grew up you took baths, You didn't have showers and you can't still believe that, but nonetheless I got in the club and I had the thought can I baptize myself? A 13 year old, can I baptize myself? I had sin come through. And then I said, you know, it must take a preacher to do this, I can't do it, so I'm doomed. I'm almost, I'm, I must be going to hell because I have messed up my only chance. And nobody I never see anybody else get rebaptized that must not be allowed. And I lived that way until my suicide attempt at seventeen, under a sin conscience, where the devil ruled my life because I didn't understand the covenant of righteousness. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, the devil—he struck out yes, that he night, and it wasn't because of it. it wasn't because I was a good pitcher. But God threw a pitch with his right hand Glory. that nobody expected. And the devil struck out. And old Tim Lambert, because of the grace of God, continued to live. And I said, wait a minute. There's a power greater than what I see. There's an intervention from heaven to earth that's greater than anything I've ever understood. And I'm going to pursue to know you and to know how this works. And I'm going to tell everybody that I can so that they too can live the victorious life that Jesus Christ has died to provide for us. Shut up! Yourself healed. You want to see yourself delivered. You want to see the joy of the Lord return. You want to see the peace that surpasses all understanding to come back. You want to see the salvation to sozo, that thing that's been ripped apart. Someone in your life's been ripped apart. The devil's been working. He may have been using Christian jargon to do it, making you think it was God, but there's something. Your heart's been ripped apart. Your intimate relationship with the significant other has been ripped apart. Your relationship with God has been ripped apart. Something's been torn. Maybe it's not fully, totally separate, but there's a tear in it, there's a tear in Salvation, that word right there, salvation, sozo, means that the Holy Ghost brings needle and thread and he does a stitching greater than any plastic surgeon. There'll be no scar. There'll be no scar tissue. There'll be no weakness. You put it back together and fashion it back together supernaturally so that it's better than it was. It's better than it was. Rather than it's weaker than it was before, it's better than it was. The marriage is better than it was. The, the, the business is better than it was. The children, the relationship is better than it was. Come on now, your health is better than it was. See, God said, here's what God Here's what Sozo will do. If the devil robbed you of some, some vitality in life through sickness and disease, when Sozo takes place, you not only get healed, okay. but you get back the years that the world has It's yeah. yeah. added back to you. It gets better than you. So now instead of living to be 90 healthy and whole, God said, let's just bump it up to 100 healthy and whole in good mind. Devil, you're going to learn to keep your hands off of my righteousness. Yeah. Keep your hands off. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. We Remember at 17 after my suicide attempt. Next, not that Sunday, but the next Sunday we're in the church. Pastor, pastor gets up, preaches on the right hand of God Isaiah 41, 10. Starts talking about the right hand of God might to say. I had a right hand come to the roof of my car, take hold of the steering wheel, and save me from hitting that bridge and killing myself. It was foolish. That was the wrong thing to do. But God, God helped me. Yes, hallelujah. I couldn't help He helped me. He says, son, I got a plan for you. He said, your life is not to end here. But it ended with me because I didn't know I didn't know. But let me talk about what it started with him. And I remember going and my dad that next week. He says, you know, my dad didn't know the Lord. And the devil can use the devil uses Christians. How much more do you use somebody that does not know the Lord? So the devil was using my dad and wanted me to go run some errands that are just ungodly, things that were hidden from my mom, things that he would use for us teenagers to get set up for him so he could do things that weren't right but you know like I said the devil had him blinded. and I said dad I can't do that I have never told him no because I was afraid of him but I said dad I can't do that and he says, why and I said because I gave my heart to Jesus I didn't tell him about my suicide attempt and all that stuff I said I give my heart to Jesus and, and I know that wasn't pleasing to the Lord and, and the devil did, did me a favor through my dad and he uh, and, and said, well, if you're not going to do what I tell you to do, you get out. If you're going to do what your God tells you to do, let him put him put it front you. So I go in my room and a little people weekly grocery bag and I put my stuff in it and I go get in that old 69 Ford Fairlane that was going to be my vehicle of death just weeks before. Wow. Now it's my home. And I go and I find this little railroad track, little place you pull in by the railroad track. And I love trains. And, and I would sleep there. And uh, and I'm still in high school. I'm, I'm a senior. And I remember uh, sleeping in the back seat and, and uh, the trains would come out and wake me up. And I just loved them. But I, at certain times I could find, before the radio station went off, I could find on that little AM station in that old Ford, uh, Dr. Vernon McGee, I think it was, teaching on the Bible. And man, I didn't know all he was saying but just the teaching of the word caused that faith to rise up in me I didn't even understand what he was saying but it, just the hearing of the word Then Bible didn't say you, you got to fully understand it just by hearing faith comes by hearing the word your faith is rising right now and I remember sitting up in the back seat of that car that night I was getting ready to go to, go to sleep and I just said God I'm going to believe you for a, a roof over my head very soon I just believe very soon. I'm just going to believe it. I've never done this before. So I'm sitting in this backseat in the car. You know, I had the old cloth seats and the sun had blistered it and it all broke up. Then you put the vinyl covers over them. If you thought you had leather you had leather seats, you know. But it was a cheap vinyl. You got the western not on them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm laying on back there. And I said, Lord, I'm just bleeding very soon. Pour <laughs> it over my head. And what I would do is I was still in school, so I would rush to the bakery and the grocery store I was working at. And, and I'd go in there with the bakers and go in early through the uh, entrance, the employee entrance and I'd wash up in the bathroom or, or I'd wait till the gym was open on the days it was open at school and go get a shower there uh, for those really of us who would work out before we for class. And uh, nobody knew where I was staying. But I remember as I was there, as I just believed before a roof over my head, my dad said, go let your God take care of you. I just remember sitting there, seven things, saying, "God, I believe You'll do it, yeah. cause I saw what You did for me. This, you touched this steering wheel. You saved my life." And I went to school that day at two o'clock. I got off and I went to work, and I wasn't at work just a few minutes. And this lady comes in and she says, "I want to post this note. Do y'all have a, a a board? You know that people look at, you know, you know help wanted that kind of stuff?" I said, "Yeah, we have one for the employees and." Well, I said, we had to be approved, so I looked at it to approve it, and it says trailer for rent on 521, and uh, it had the mail, and I said, do you mind if I don't post this, but schedule an appointment to come see this, I said, I need a place to live, she said, oh sure, sure, can you do it today, we just built our new home, moved into it, we left all our old furniture in there, it's fully furnished, and I said, really? I said, I'd love to. So I called my manager and he said, yeah, take, take 30 minutes to go. So I went up there, it's a red and white trailer. They really, in South Carolina, you got Clemson Tigers and you got the Carolina Gamecocks. Those are the right. Okay. And they were Carolina Gamecocks. They had a red and white trailer. You went inside, the sofa had the Gamecock chicken all over it. The seat beside it had the Gamecock chicken. There was Gamecocks everywhere. There was the burgundy and like everywhere. And, uh, and I looked at that sofa and I said, boy, that thing will sleep good. But I didn't have a bed. But there was a sofa I could sleep. on. Well, that'd be better in my back seat. And uh, for long story short, we made the deal. I, I got that. And uh, now every time we visit my kids, we go down 521 and I point. They used to see it. The trailer's no longer there now. The last couple years is gone. It must have totally imploded. Uh, but uh, I said, there's daddy's first. That's God's that collision right now. That was daddy's first place after he got on his own. And... Um, and God provided that that day. That night, I sat up I said, God, I'm believing you. God, I, I believe. I believe you're going to provide a roof over my head. I said, shortly. Yeah, I was thinking, shortly. I, I went to sleep. He saw that little boy whose heart was believing in the righteous. I was, just because of that simple belief. He, he said, I've got to step in. I'm going to show you in the weeks to come. that while you sleep, that lady could have gotten there at 130, 145, 150, 155, 158, and she'd have missed me. But I walked in, and my manager walked out at 2 o'clock, and there she was almost immediately. Would you post this? The very next day, and that night, I slept on oh, that sofa oh, with those big-called chickens. <laughs> I was two of them big-called the chickens. Ain't no chickens everywhere. Oh, Lord, you I love right <laughs> too. Let me tell you what. This is not just a preach. This is not just church. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. God is real. Yeah. But it starts with a heart that believes yeah. under righteousness, yeah. and then a confession that is yes. made out of the mouth that breathes. The salvation of Do you believe? And so will you go out of here today and this week confessing Confessing the promises of God. Confessing the favor of God. Confessing the healing virtue of Christ. Confessing the prosperity, not the prosperity gospel of the world, but the prosperity gospel of God's word. He's El Shaddai, more than enough. God is more than enough. He wants more than enough flowing in you, so he's got something that flows through. Because he wants to touch people around him. <coughs> Amen? Amen. 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 Will you believe? Let's stand together. Hallelujah.